This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 32, Show Up with Natalie Norton. Welcome, welcome. It is a podcast Wednesday, which is my favorite day of the week. Mine too. And I am so excited. I really can't even stand how excited I am to introduce you guys to one of the people who I love so much, whose insight has helped me so much in my life, who Mm -hmm. I love watching do her thing. And she has her own podcast too. Today we have with us the beautiful, wonderful Natalie Norton. Oh, we love her. And I just have to say my stomach is also very excited because generally (laughs) I don't eat a very large or hearty breakfast. I have something small. And today I had a large and hearty breakfast and my stomach is really going bananas. So for fun, we're going to put the microphone right up to your stomach and just capture. If we get a good gurgle, we're going to (laughs) really let you hear that. But wanted to give that disclaimer before uh, we get started here. But I wanted to say we have been totally noticing you guys have been leaving some great reviews on iTunes and we love the iTunes reviews. If you want for sure for us to read something, we reread every single one. Every single one. Every single one of the reviews that is left on iTunes. So we thought it might be fun to have Becky read one that we got a few weeks ago. I sure will. And by the way, for those of you who might be brand new to the podcast, it's a proper introduction. We probably should do that once in a while. I'm Becky Higgins. Oh, right. And also, I am Becky Proudfit. Okay. All That's right. There right. we go. Okay. So, Boynsey says to us, I am a huge podcast junkie and Cultivate a Good Life is one of my favorites. I'm a longtime BH follower and fan, and now I'm a BP fan as well. That's what we call each other, BH and BP, because, I mean... It gets too confusing otherwise. I can't wait for Wednesdays and a new episode, she continues. Becky and Becky's real life friendship allows them to know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and they use that in the podcast. They are fun, funny, relevant, educational, and motivating. For a fairly new podcast, they are knocking it out of the ballpark. So nice. Thank you, Boinsy. That's super nice. I'm glad you don't know that we really hate each other in real life. (laughs) I'm teasing. So the strengths and weaknesses thing, though, like for real, that's kind of one of my favorite things as we get to know each other better is we not just acknowledge and notice these strengths and weaknesses coming out more and more, but we honor them. We celebrate them. We laugh at them. Oh, we laugh a whole lot at them. Yeah, we sure do. We just discovered new ones this week. Sure did. I won't talk about that. It's fine, guys. I suck at email. I'm... (laughs) My name is Becky, and I really struggle with fluffy email. I like fact and lists, yeah. and also not responding sometimes. She's really terrible about email, but I didn't. I'm working on that. it. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Are you though? Is that a thing? I think yes. <laughs> yes, I'm getting better. We can talk about my weaknesses for days, but this was just kind of a fun one that came up this week that I'm like, wait, I didn't even realize that. Oh. You can so, refer to the Jody Moore episode if you want to listen to <laughs> Becky's weaknesses. Oh, I have a whole lot more than that. Okay, listen, we're excited to dive in with Natalie. So before we do, let's first hear a word from or about this week's sponsor. 
Betty zip-up bedding is the easiest, most durable, beautifully designed bedding in the world. The fitted sheet, blanket, and comforter are all sewn together with a durable, easy-to-use zipper, and the whole thing fits on your bed like a fitted sheet. It zips up in the morning so your bed looks perfectly put together and is so easy to use, even my six-year-old can make her own bed. In case you're wondering, yes, you can throw the whole thing in the washer and dryer, and it cleans super easily. I speak from experience. There are a lot of really cool features that you'll learn about when you visit their website. Be sure to take notice of some of the other things that they have as well. In our house, everyone's favorite blanket is the one from Betty's. Plus, it's stinking cute. And have you seen their new line of pillows? Yep, we're both loving those in our homes. All those items are also in my home and Mm -hmm. fought over on a daily basis. I love that. All the goodness can be found at Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. And you know we love hooking you guys up with the savings. So be sure to enter Becky20 at checkout and save 20% off your purchase, which you can use every single time you shop there. We can't wait for you to experience having Betty's in your life. You guys, we're so happy you're here. And I have to say, I think we need to like name our podcast Hotel Confessionals. Oh. <laughs> because we have been recording on the road in hotels all the A time. Lot. And I'm starting to really fall in love with it. It is amazing. And in fact, Natalie, who we're going to, you know, like we're going to go there with Natalie. But we've we've already been talking podcast equipment Oh, for, I love on it. the go because mm-hmm. Natalie does so much of that as well. Natalie's a podcaster, which you'll hear about. But man, we've had some pretty good hotel podcast recording memories. I say we just mm-hmm. move Continue. out. Continue. <laughs> no, purchase I don't a timeshare. No, I re- a house in Hawaii. Honestly, something. Okay, saying. Natalie, how do you feel about a house in Hawaii? Oh, I think that's a great idea. You, guys, you could also just stay with me. There's also that. It would cost a lot less. Yeah, you'd you know, we just stayed with her. <laughs> that's Natalie true. Norton. Yes, okay. that's my name. Like, what the heck? You know how much we love you. And There's you know a big how much I love you back. It's a lot of love because we have such a high level of mutual respect for each yes. other. We're in different spaces, if we want to call it that. But different spaces, but with a lot of crossover in terms of principle and mission, which yeah. I think is there why we love each other so very much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's so um, fantastic is to be in a day and age where we have an opportunity to share like we do with the platforms that are available to us, like social media, uh, podcasts, websites, blogs, Mm -hmm. things like that. And it's just, it's a blessing. And I think that we're all trying to do good things with these arenas, if you will. And, um, and I just love you for what you're doing and how you are using these platforms. Oh, thank you. That is really, really meaningful. And you know that I feel the same way about everything you guys are doing. So thank you for having me. I'm just really, really honored to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. The cool thing too is coming in as a newcomer, seeing women like this that are not threatened by each other's power. Bingo. By each other's light, Mm -hmm. that they realize that someone else's light doesn't diminish your own. Like that for me as, you know, kind of a new person in this social arena coming in Mm -hmm. is so inspiring. Very refreshing, isn't it? It makes me so hopeful and it's so refreshing. I think really also for um, for Becky and I particularly because we've been in this industry in one way or another for so many years in the social industry, um, I think that what I have experienced more and more has been a feeling of empowerment mm-hmm. um, as it relates to the light of others. And when I have the opportunity to connect in this way with other women, I'm finding myself feeling compelled to do and be more, not in a way that's competitive, 
but in a way that like the idea of a high tide raises all ships Mm. and when I'm around women like you and so many other wonderful influencers in this space I feel a desire to reach my full potential um as a matter of of principle to be a part of the team you know we're all on the same mission to to help and to serve and um each of you just inspires me so much Thank you. That is, that is what um, is really cool about our common passion too, is we really like, that's genuinely how we feel is building each other up. And you, we talked about this off, off air, but we, all of us feel that none of what we do in this podcast work is about us at all, at all, at all. all. That's the cool thing about (laughs) podcasting is really, it's not about the hosts, right? No, no, it's not. It's about the message. It's about the connection. For sure. And so with that, um, we mentioned, so Natalie Norton, if you don't already know her, and if you're not familiar with her, you're about to become um, obsessed with her. I <laughs> dare I say. That well, is I mean, a like, lot. You do dare say. Oh, that, I, I did kind of just talk you You do dare up. say, because she has a podcast that yeah. is amazing. But the thing about the podcast, which she'll, we'll, let, we'll let Natalie explain like what she's doing and what she's about. But the thing about that is that I feel like, and I feel this way about you and I as well, and a lot of people who are doing things like this, is we've been, it's almost like we've been preparing our whole lives to do things like this. Our experiences, our challenges, the things that have slapped, up, slapped us upside the head, the things that have lifted us, the things that have really shaped and molded who we are, have brought us to a place of being able to talk openly mm-hmm. about those things. And Natalie... You will find. I really don't mean to talk you up so much. And she's hot as heck. I promise that the check will clear. She's such a babe. <laughs> she really is. But the thing is, is I can safely say, and I have said this to people personally, is that Natalie is one of the most wise and articulate. She's able to articulate things mm-hmm. that you and I can listen and go, "Oh my gosh, that is exactly how I feel." I just did not put it with those words. Right. So. With that said, Natalie, who the heck are you? Oh, Tell us goodness. about who you are. That is, that's always the hardest question to answer. And I think that for me, the reason it is so challenging is because my story is so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. As I know, so many have multifaceted stories. But mine, um, a lot of those those real turning points in my life and those moments, um, those pivot moments and those those memorable things that are so relevant when you are – you know, introducing yourself in a, in a situation like this are so, um, it, it's just challenging. There's just a lot there. And so I'm going to give a little bit of a bulleted list. And Do I like a good list? Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason that I am prefacing it in that way is that some of these things are heavy and some of these things many of your listeners may have experienced. And I want to make sure that I, that I preface this by saying, by introducing this in this way, I am in no way diminishing the the difficulty of some of these things. I don't want it to ever seem as though I'm trivializing them by lumping them all together. Um, But also just if we just went through my story, it could be an entire 45-minute episode just in and of itself. So um, I began photography in about 2007. Around that same time, my brother passed away, and he was my only sibling, my dearest friend. And he'd lived with us on and off for for five years, my husband and myself and our children out in Hawaii. And um, it was a real blow, and it really affected me. Um, 
in in just in terms of my identity and the way that the way that I existed in the world and it, it required a lot from me to move forward in healthy ways and to prioritize my family and to, you know, I had a budding business at the time as well. And so I continued with the photography business. And I I believe that that in many ways was the avenue through which I processed a lot of my grief. I think it was a very positive creative outlet. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 I also believe, though, that it was a really great place to hide from some big feelings and to get really busy and to not have yeah. to fully um, embrace a lot of the pain that I felt. And so then two years after the death of my of my brother, Gavin, um, I gave birth to my fourth son and named him Gavin after my wonderful brother. And he passed away at two months of whooping cough or pertussis. And at that point, um, obviously a huge tragedy in our in our life. And no one ever thinks that they will have to bury their their child and um Having that so close on the heels to the death of my brother, there was a lot of complexity in the grief that I faced and a lot of things I hadn't necessarily fully looked at after the death of my brother, I was now having to look at um, in conjunction with the death of my son, which made it complex for for many, many reasons that we don't need to go into right now. and then after that, we moved um, away from Hawaii for a short period of time while my, husband's got it, while my husband worked to receive his master's degree. And during that time, we became an unexpected kinship placement um, for three children. Our, our daughter, August, who was at the time she moved in seven years old, and one-year-old twins, Azzy and Lou. And these kids were with us for a solid two years without any kind of interruption. And then um, the adoption failed. It was always it was always a foster to adopt situation, and the adoption failed unexpectedly. And within a matter of days, they were removed from our home, and we have not seen them since, which was a Ugh. tremendously difficult time. So here I am um, speaking all over the world on the subject of photography and helping people with their own photo studios and their own creative businesses simultaneously suffering through these great losses one after the next unimaginable Mm -hmm. I mean these are I mean not like you said not Mm -hmm. to diminish any kind of loss really but you piggyback one after another after another the way that you did the way that it happened for you unimaginable yeah it was the word I always tend to fall back on is obliterative (laughs) it felt Mm -hmm. so obliterative and it felt as though every time I started to stand up again something else would come knock you down and knock me down exactly and I believe pain is pain is pain. So there's not a hierarchy here. I'm not I'm not saying that these things are worse than things that others have gone through, but um the cluster effect of mm-hmm. them was was um, definitely a unique component to to the grieving situation and to the growth and I was also quite young, you know, when all of this began I was only 25 and I I was still sort of figuring out who I was as a woman and as an adult and as a business owner. And a lot of those years where you really gain a sense of your identity as, as a, as a human and as a wife and as all of these things were being built and facilitated and navigated within the context of some really deep trauma. And so it was challenging in those ways as well. And so I mentioned, you know, I was, I was going around and I was speaking and I was, I was doing a lot of consulting work and little by little, I, I started to notice that things were just sort of slowly transitioning towards being more about personal development than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I started to see a pattern. And by the way, I saw that from the outside. I noticed that shift in you. Isn't it cool when we can see each other's evolution? Yes through you know social media and things like that like I I noticed your shift and your evolution in a way that 
it felt from the outside, like it was personally more fulfilling to you than anything else you had been doing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, it's very cool. And it's also, um, it's very encouraging for me to hear that because one of the hard things um, about making any kind of transition in your life at all, but particularly a professional transition, is that you worry about optics, Mm. right? You worry... Will people think that I'm qualified to do what I'm now doing? Right. Will people have opinions about me having transitioned and not doing not be doing what I used to be doing? And what will it's challenging. And so when when people see that natural progression and they recognize it, it um, it's really encouraging. So thank you for saying that. Um, so I started to notice that I was I was really doing a lot more in terms of personal development. And the pattern that I noticed emerging was, you know, people are coming to me saying, how do I make this business more profitable? Or how do I balance this business that I'm working on with this other side of my life that is so important to me, which is my family or is my hobbies or whatever the thing was. And every single time the pattern that emerged was related to personal development. It wasn't all, it wasn't about the specific business strategies. It was about values and principles that were eternal and that 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 informed everything in business and in personal life. And so little by little, the transition into what I now do, which is life coaching and podcasting, it was so incredibly fluid, even though from the outside, going from being a high profile client wedding photographer, I, you know, I traveled all over, mostly East Coast and, you know, Beverly Hills area um, and internationally as well. The, it seems like a hard right turn into suddenly being a life coach yeah, <laughs> and a podcaster. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. But what I realized around the same time that I had lost my children, um, I realized that there is a difference between our gifts and our talents. And I realized that I was a very talented photographer. I really mm-hmm. was. And I still believe that I'm a talented photographer. And I believe now that the reason I was such a talented photographer was because it played so well to my gifts. My gifts being my ability to connect with people and to see beyond what they may put out there and to draw the essence of who they were out mm. and to be able to capture that in a way that was meaningful and timeless and showed the sincerity of who they were and and the beauty, the real authentic yeah. beauty of those relationships. Totally. And that is the gift that also serves me in my coaching and in my podcasting and all and in my writing mm-hmm. and all the other work I do. So it, it's just and a it was all uncovered. Yes, that's and the it, thing is that mm-hmm. through the experiences that you had, you were realizing that about yourself at mm-hmm. a level that was deeper than you had noticed it before. Absolutely, absolutely. Despite of when you realized that that yeah. was a gift. Yeah. Well, so just quickly to wrap up this, <laughs> my my story, so we can get into actual content that blesses people. Um, I right after the kids had left, and I'm having this huge career transition, really simultaneous to that. I was driving to the airport with my husband. I was headed to New York for an event, and I had what is called a transient ischemic attack or a mini stroke, 35 years old. And I lost the ability to understand or communicate with spoken language. And it was an incredibly horrifying experience for me. And oh, I bet. That... My, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, my recovery is ongoing. You know, I... There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. And again, let's not dive into the depth of that here. Let's just simply say that talk about a crisis of identity when such a huge part of what you do and what you value about yourself and the way that you identify and the value that you you feel you have been uniquely called to produce in the world when the delivery mechanism is your ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. 
it's almost mind blowing. That's yeah. well, and that's how I felt as a friend again on the yeah. outside when I saw you going through that. I was like, how is that possible for anyone to experience that? But like literally, this is your instrument. Yeah. This yeah, is right. what you do, the way that you, your ability to communicate the gifts that you have to connect with people and to be able to say things in a way that reach people so deeply. And all of a sudden you don't even know like how to communicate and process and what? Yeah. It and was, 35 years old, by the yeah. way. Well, it was, it what? was such a disorienting experience yeah. and that's like the, that's to put it as lightly as, as I can, but it's the best word I can find right now. It was just so incredibly disorienting. And it required perhaps more faith than anything that I'd ever been through, including the death of my child, including losing my babies and my, my daughter, including the death of my brother, because suddenly I realized that there I wasn't going to be able to rely on my ability to bless and share to carry myself through my pain. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the, the primary way that I didn't crumble and actually like disintegrate into my pain um, through all those differing things was that I constantly returned to how can I bless others through this pain? How can I reach into others' lives and help them carry what they're going Mm -hmm. through by expressing what I'm going through? And then suddenly that was gone and I was so afraid. Mm -hmm. And thankfully my recovery has been, has been pretty miraculous and it's, again, it's not complete, but I'm moving in the right direction, right? And every day it gets better and it's now been almost three years and I would say I'm very close to um, being who I was before. The main thing that I tell people is imagine that you have always had a brain that was a Ferrari mm-hmm. and then now your brain is a Civic. It's okay. A Civic is a great car, right? Yeah. but it's not a Ferrari, right? right? And so mm-hmm. you're learning a new way to be mm-hmm. and a new mm-hmm. way to – you're still getting to the same place. You're just getting there in a different way. Right. And that's okay. And I'm coming to to recognize that there are actually some gifts associated with that. I've slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, as you brought up the Civic thing, yeah. like thinking about that, like Civics are awesome because they're reliable and they're cheap to repair and you get great <laughs> gas mileage. Like they're a highly efficient vehicle. And there so when go. you say that, because mm-hmm. sometimes – having yeah. that Ferrari mind that is a that's a challenge in and of itself yeah. and yeah. so yeah interesting well so, and what's also interesting is that the way that you have delivered and spoken and shared messages even since then no one myself included would even know what you have had to and continue to have to go through Mm -hmm. from a recovery standpoint, because you're, it's almost as if you haven't skipped a beat. And I know Mm -hmm. you've skipped the beat. I understand that. I I understand medically like what you have gone through, but also like what a massive blessing that you have recovered to the point where you really are still able to deliver as you were meant to. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. And the thing about it that I that I see that I don't know if others notice or not is that I'm so much more mindful about the way that I produce because it does take me so much longer and that it's frustrating to me, but I'm also much more deeply connected to mm. what I express because it has been such a thoughtful process to get right. it out of my brain and into the world. That's so wild. And it's wild yeah. and it's hard and I, I definitely miss the, the ease 
right. of the way things were before. But I also see the blessing in mm-hmm. in having to slow down and in having to be a lot more intentional and mindful. I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Which also, you know, the other side of things is I have developed a mindfulness practice. <laughs> right. And that's been tremendously powerful as well. Um, so is that to kind of to bring it full circle with like what the work is that Natalie mm-hmm. Norton does today? Yeah. So you are a life coach. Yeah, I'm a life coach and, and um, a, a podcaster. podcaster. Yeah, and I'm working on a book right now. Um, I also oh. do a lot of ghostwriting projects for others who are working on memoirs or self-help books or things of that nature, although I'm slowing that work down um, as I focus more and more on my own content. Which is awesome. And by the way, the name of Natalie's podcast is called Rise. Show Up. Show I mean, up. Rise. Rise Up is Rise good, up. You guys, I just yeah. have Hamilton. Sorry. It's like totally my Hamilton brain. No, that makes me it's so excited, though. Because I'm going to see Hamilton next month with my with my 11-year-old, and I am so excited. I'm so excited for you. Where are you guys going to see it? We're seeing it in San Francisco. I have an oh, event. Um, I'm speaking at something, and so I we pay backed it oh. and I'm so excited. So you know the music I'm assuming. Oh yeah. So you understand when I said oh, yeah. rise up. Like, yeah. I like like it like I wanted to sing along. <laughs> yeah. We're good. We're good. But having said that the podcast is called Show, Show, up. Show up and yes. it is it is an absolutely fantastic ongoing message and when we invited Natalie to be on the show we really put the ball in her court, which is, to be honest, what we do with every guest that we have on the show. We really want our guests to share what they feel, what's really top of mind. And so it took you about a half a second, <laughs> right, to identify yeah. what you knew was the message to share today. And, and and to be frank, Natalie, I know you said, okay, we'll get to the content and what's valuable. I believe that in the first 15 minutes that we've been chatting, people are feeling things, they're thinking things they are identifying with things that they've maybe needed to hear already. Well, I sure hope so. And um, before we even move into the content, just speaking to what you just said, if they haven't, it's it's their, it's time to turn on their hearts and their minds. And because a huge part of my message on the podcast and then even just the content that we'll be talking about here today is deciding to take personal responsibility and to just engage, 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 engage. And in every situation, we can engage. And in every situation, we can connect and we can show up in more powerful ways that allow us to grow and to transcend. And um, in every situation, there are opportunities for that kind of growth. Now, when you say every situation, surely you can't mean hard times and challenges, right? <laughs> oh, no. Like, of I mean, course not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, especially those hard times. Right? I mean, well, for heaven's sake. So, so are... it's a funny thing. I kind of want to refer to you as Cinderella because you're oh. both Becky. So how do you do that? Like, how do Just I say the real Cinderella Becky, Becky and, and the other Becky? Becky. The real Becky's me. This the other the other Becky, the OG Becky, Arizona Becky, and Cinderella Becky. I don't know, Um, but Cinderella Becky and I were talking earlier about you know some of her experiences and challenges over the last few years and how alive those things made her feel and the way that they woke up that deepest, most intentional and soulful part of who she is. Mm -hmm, For sure, and um, you know it's just it's it's the most interesting juxtaposition because the times in my life where I was. Um, where I experienced the most darkness and pain were also the times of my life where I experienced the most inspiration and light. Right. And it's just like you just look at it and you think, how, how, how can that be? And yet that is the absolute reality. It's this paradoxical nature of, of suffering. Um, and if we're willing to, to face that suffering with, with an open heart, not meaning that we can't feel, not meaning that we can't hurt, but being present for all of it, which also means being right. present for the growth. Right? Well, and that's the thing is, 
I think a lot of time, maybe in my early life, and I feel like a lot of a lot of our listeners have reached out to kind of express the same thing is that we try so hard to run from pain to keep our kids from pain, like we're in that survival mode of just trying to make everything okay in the moment. And I, the moment that I like just let the chaos and the pain in and like sat with it and was like, I'm okay. This is okay. It freed me. It freed me from fear of, of what would ever happen going forth. Cause I can say like, no matter what happens or how hard it is, like I can exist in that place and I can thrive in that place while enduring challenges or trials and in whatever they look like and that knowledge of that knowledge that I can gives me the confidence gives me the strength to move forward just you know full steam ahead well and to take it a step further a lot of the times when I'm in something that feels so just just hard just straight up just hard I, I like to try to I, I have to fake it sometimes but I like to tell myself oh I cannot wait to see how much better I'm going to come out on the other side of this I can't wait to see what I'm learning from this I can't wait to yeah. see can't what, wait to look back and yeah. say oh that was when yes. yeah yeah and and that is a hard thing to do when you are in the thick of it but if you can recognize it and I think this is your point Natalie if you can recognize it in the middle of it as something that will help to refine who you are and help to really shape and mold you and and when you recognize that these things are a part of your story and a very intense integral part of your story then you look at the experience differently Mm -hmm. yeah it's more than just this sucks and it's hard exactly right but it also does suck i was gonna say and also (laughs) it sucks and is hard and that's okay too right it's okay it's better than okay like Mm -hmm. it's that's exactly the way it's supposed to be so it's an interesting thing because i and it's such a hard thing for me to talk about in this context because i also am very 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 clear that we can't always will ourselves into that kind of thinking. And Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone who is stuck in a place where they just feel as though it's unfair and they feel as though their suffering is disproportionate and they feel as though they, they cannot handle another moment. I don't want that person to feel as though they're wrong or they, if they were stronger, they would be able Mm -hmm. to think their way through it or handle it differently. Or, I don't want them to feel jaded and like, oh, if only you knew. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no idea. Maybe that's true for you, but I am suffering through this. And all of that is real and needs right. validation. And then there is a point at which you realize that the circumstance is not going to change. Right. And that maybe there's a difference between pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can experience the pain and validate the pain without choosing to keep suffering. And the suffering comes when we're resisting and when we are wallowing and when we're stuck in the anger we can feel the anger and not get stuck in the anger we can feel the injustice of it without getting stuck there we can honor the obliterative the obliterative nature of what we've experienced without allowing ourselves to drown down or suffocate down inside of that and I think that the goal is to tell ourselves every day I will stand on top of this. I will not drown down inside of this. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not mean that you can't feel what you feel, that you cannot experience what you experience. But instead of seeing it as something that is crushing you, what if you saw it as something that was building a foundation upon which you could stand? And one of the things I, I, I talk a lot about with my clients and something that I've certainly experienced in my own life um, 
you know, often we get on our knees and we pray and we just say, God, please help me to live my best life. Please help me to have courage. Please help me to um, be more intentional or authentic or help me to have deeper, more connected relationships. Or, you know, we ask for all these different things about the kind of person that we want to become. And then something horrifying shows up. And God is saying to us, here, this is how you want to learn and be and change and grow. Here you go. And we go, that is the okay, truth. except for not that way. I know. No, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? And it is so no, hard. No, that and totally happens. Now, that said, I don't necessarily believe that every single bad thing that happens in our lives is God saying, like, here's a gift. Learn or, something. Or, or yeah. that God's even making those things or allowing mm-hmm. those things to happen. Sometimes bad things just happen because we live in a world that is in Where bad things happen. Entropy, right? And, and things are and just life, falling apart. And the nature of life, like, life isn't fair. Yeah. And also amazing. But, but it not fair. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, that lack of fairness isn't us being picked on either, Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just that hard things happen. Yeah. And I remember after um, we lost our, our kids, um, our foster kids. I hate even calling them that because they are our children. Um, and foster seems to water that down somewhat. But when we lost them, I remember sitting on the side of a pool. My husband was in the pool and we were talking. And I just looked at him and I said, it just doesn't feel fair. Like, and I had just had my, had my stroke, like, you know, maybe a week or two prior. And I was sort of starting to redevelop my, my full use of my language. And just, I just felt so downtrodden because it just so much so, so quickly. And I said to him, it just doesn't feel fair. It feels disproportionate. And he, he looked at me and he was so loving. Don't think of him as a jerk for what he said, <laughs> because it really was perhaps the most loving thing he could have said. He looked at me and he said, you're right, Natalie, it is unfair. And yes, it is disproportionate for a white Christian woman living in the Western world. Mm. Oh, wow. And I suddenly looked at it and I thought of all of these people all over the world, women specifically that live in other places for whom tragedies of this nature are common. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like think of people who live in war-torn countries or people who live without food and clean drinking water and people whose children are dying of malaria. And suddenly I realized I'm sitting here looking at this as though it is so unfair and I have been so incredibly picked on. Does that mean that they're being incredibly picked on and that somehow they are less loved or less seen by the divine power that is than I am? Right. Right. And I, it just shifted things for me. And it wasn't like a, who do you think you are? Get up and cowgirl up and go right. on. He was but it wise. was this empathy that yeah. developed in me where I realized I'm not alone. I don't have the corner on the market of suffering. Mm-hmm. We're all suffering in one way or another. That is true. And yeah. anyway, it was just a really empowering thing for me. That's incredible. That is really good. I have a question for Please. you. You know, I love the way that you, you, uh, worded that, that we can stand on, the story we can stand on top of it instead of drowning in it what what would you say is like the way to do this is this mm. is this through affirmations is this through just thought work is this through meditative thoughts of just like um I've got this I'm standing on my story or is this are there actionable things that you've done or that you've worked with clients on that have helped them to truly stand because I really like the way that you're wording that yeah and I really believe that we are all in control Mm -hmm. of the stories that we get to tell but what does that really look like when it's like the nuts and bolts so the answer to all of those questions because that was like 57 questions what (laughs) it was a little bit of a run-on sentence question the answer was are yes and 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 yes reply all yes reply all yes exactly um so in terms of 
the thinking and the mindfulness. Yes, all of those things. Yes to all of those things. And perhaps let's take a step back and let's look at it from maybe a more philosophical standpoint. Am I identified by the things that happen in my life? Mm-hmm. Is that where I choose to to draw my sense of self, right? Um, and in fact, in order to answer this question, I'm going to tell a little story. Um, and I'm going to tell it quickly because I, I've told this already on my podcast. And um, if people want to listen to it, it's the very first episode. Or is it the first episode or the maybe the second episode? It depends on which you know, you're talking about. You know, it's the bonus episode of the Show Up <laughs> podcast. Show Up with Natalie Norton. It's the bonus episode where my husband interviews me. So if you yep. want the full details, that's where it is. But the story is I, my son had just passed away. And I was holding him and I was rocking his body, like his lifeless body. And I just, it was such a tender and challenging moment for me as a mom. And of course, and I think anyone listening, whether they've experienced or not, can put themselves on some level in that situation because it is our worst nightmare. It's that thing we've played over a million times. What would I do? I could never handle it, right? Mm -hmm. So he's now gone and I'm holding him. And um, I realized that I have to leave the hospital. Like, I can't just stay there forever. At some point, I have to walk away from my little boy. And what does that logistically look like? Like, right. what is the, what is the... How do you do that? Right. Like, there's just, there's not a, there's not a, a way. It's, it's an impossible thing. I'm being asked to do something impossible. And I remember standing up, like, getting the courage to stand up. And then realizing, what do I do next? Do I set him down on that big sterile hospital bed? Do I... Like, how do I walk away? Like, where do I leave him? And how do I, how is that done? And I had this moment where I just screamed in my head, like, God, please, how? And I had an experience that's unlike anything I've experienced before or since, where suddenly I was just flooded with this love and this light and this sense of self. And suddenly I was not who I'd ever identified as. I wasn't Gavin's sister. I wasn't Gavin's baby Gavin's mom. I wasn't Richie's wife. I wasn't Natalie Norton here in this hospital room experiencing this horrifying thing. I was a being of light and a being of love that it existed for eons before and exists for eons after. And it was this sense of self that came from the divine center of who I am, from the source of all that I am. And I realized that while yes, Natalie Norton could not do this, this other light inside of me that was the identity nothing else was who I was and that person that identification could do this thing and I was able to then leave the hospital room and you know there's a lot more to that story just in terms of the way that it all unfolded and it was such a beautiful experience but how do you identify like that's the question that I would have for each of us right for for your listeners for each of you how do you identify? Because if you identify by the things that have happened to you in your life or the relationships that you have or the Or the accolades, labels you place on yourself. Exactly, the labels right? that you place on yourself or the roles the that you play, accomplished. your accolades, whatever. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're shaken in a way that somehow it diminishes or shifts those things? If that's your foundation, it's really, really challenging to choose to move forward in a new way. But if you identify as what you truly are, which is light and love and um, pure, pure joy. And there's not words. Like I'm talking about something for which we do not have (laughs) words. But the idea being Mm -hmm. that if we identify as something with perfect divine worth that cannot be diminished and that is eternal, 
And even even if we're not religious, like I, I don't want this to seem as though I'm, I'm trying to be overtly religious, genuinely, just from a spiritual standpoint as spiritual and physical beings, um, if we identify in that way with that light, that is constant and unchanging. So no matter what happens or doesn't happen in our lives, if that is who I identify as, we've already got the ability not to fall and drown down inside of all those things. And so, Well, in that light too, it's not something you earn or you exactly. gain it's or inherent. you can win. It yeah. just is, yes. right? It's that it, the eternal nature of that truth of is that it just is. Yes. It's not something you can gain or lose. It's true. L- I don't know that everybody realizes that. Oh, I would say absolutely that everyone does not. And I think that we also dance in and out of that space. I think that even if we believe it in our deepest hearts, we go through periods of doubt and confusion about it. And that's normal. And that's okay. Where you need to relearn and reconnect. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. As long as we're constantly returning to that and reminding ourselves of that. And that's when those other things you mentioned come into play. Things like mindfulness. Things like self-care. Realizing that when we care for ourselves, we're not caring for the thinking mind and this like being that we associate with, we're caring for that divine light within. And when that divine light is at full volume, that's how we serve and bless and show up in others' lives. And so when we're taking care of ourselves, what we're really doing is helping ourselves show up more fully in every aspect of our lives, in every relationship, in every part of the business endeavors that we undertake, in, in all that we do. And so then you start to kind of develop those types of systems which is a daily mindfulness practice which is moving your body every single day which is setting up boundaries in your life not just external boundaries about the relationships and the kinds of things that you are comfortable or uncomfortable with in your physical life but internal boundaries good point where you say to yourself i refuse to think thoughts that do not serve my highest good right i refuse to put myself down i refuse to to dance in a space of self-loathing mm-hmm. i just have a boundary about that and i am not going to go into that space natalie a lot of people don't think about internal boundaries either yeah yeah like i just i we all i i think anyone who needs to take a moment and pause yeah. and just like simmer on that yeah. a little bit yeah. like that's a very very important self care for lack of a better term principle absolutely so I'm really glad I think that, that principle up. too of boundaries um because I feel like in my life I, I I actually have had some of those moments like Natalie was talking about I totally connect to that thing that's inside of me and what I have to be mindful about I'm great setting internal personal boundaries what I have to be mindful of is allowing other people to set boundaries with me. Does that make sense? When Having you say no, set no, boundaries yeah, with you. It doesn't make sense to me. Okay, again. so I'm great at boundaries for myself in protecting my light and, and all those things. And I'm, I'm good with so boundaries and relationships. you're good at saying, I refuse to think thoughts that are damaging Very to good me. about that. Okay. The hard, sometimes the hard thing in, that I have struggled with is when someone else is setting personal boundaries that would like affect me when they're protecting their light, there is a choice to be offended. Oh, I see. There's a choice to understand and recognize and, and look, look at that boundary in love. Mm-hmm. And for me, like as I kind of learned that principle, when I started to look outward and think of people's interactions or when someone said no or when someone said yes or, or whatever that was – approaching respecting their boundaries with love and with grace and with 
empathy and with respect really was really helpful because as we set boundaries, the people around you sometimes can be like, well, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. you're not showing up in the way you used to and giving me a thousand percent of your soul. That doesn't feel good. And that's a good point because we do change the way that we do show up when we put those things in place. So have grace for people. Look around and, and look, look at it in respect and love of what it is. Well, once we start to recognize and identify with that divinity within us, guess what? We also have the responsibility to do. Then recognize that same divinity is the deepest identifying feature of every other person in our lives. And so when others are setting boundaries, it's in protection of that same light. Right. And as we start to shift the way that we see things and look Mm -hmm. at things in that way, then it becomes a little bit easier to realize, oh, this isn't an affront to me. It's not about me. It's not about, yeah. Yeah, It's about. And it never is. It never Mm -hmm. is. No, exactly. Um, But I, I think, you know, we mentioned mindfulness. I will always come back to that because that for me was one of the more profound lessons that I learned. Um, in terms of what is going to bless my clients the most, what blesses me the most is being present and available in each moment, giving attention, doing what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And a lot of people look at mindfulness and they think like, well, this is a big, crazy thing out there. It's like this intangible thing or I have to go and like sit in a monastery and not talk for, you know, seven days or whatever. But the reality is what mindfulness is in the purest sense is doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Right. Like how often do you get in the car and drive to go pick up your kids from school and then suddenly be there and be like, oh my gosh, how did I even get from my house here? Mm -hmm. I don't even remember that drive, right? Mindfulness is about being present and allowing your mind to settle and not have to be living in the future or living in the past, right? So if I asked you a question like, try to do something yesterday. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, it doesn't work. Try to do something tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? The only place that we can actually affect anything is in this exact moment that we're living in. And that's a part of showing up for our story, too, is recognizing, like, where am I here and now? And, yes, things are what they are. I cannot change. Circumstances don't change. No. Yes, but the point that you're making, the way I'm understanding it and the way I feel about it is that – Right now, I'm being present and being mindful means the control that I have over yeah. my thoughts. Yes, my thoughts and also my, my reactions. My reactions, my perception. Yes, even the emotions that I feel. Yeah. And that doesn't yeah. mean that we negate what we feel. It means that we take a look at it, that we acknowledge it, and then we say, okay, right now I'm feeling furious. Let's like you just use that example because I think any one of us could say that's not a feeling we want to camp out in, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we feel fury. Does it, mean that we, does it mean that we say to ourselves, I should not be feeling this, and we make ourselves feel increasingly small for feeling furious no no it means we say hello fury welcome (laughs) this is what you feel like this is what you feel like and then and then we say to ourselves what is this fury trying to do because Mm. most of our emotions and I would say by most I really mean all are trying in some way to protect us and so if Mm -hmm. we look at our fury and say what is it that you're trying to protect me from and we go a step beyond that and and look behind it and it's like the man behind the curtain right part that curtain and say what's here and when we really look at it, we realize, oh, I'm feeling furious because I'd rather feel angry than sad. Mm. Or oh, for sure. I'm feeling furious at this telemarketer because I don't have the ability to express the fury I feel over having lost my husband. Mm-hmm. And so instead, I'm angry that this person called me during dinner. Or because- cut you off in the exactly, car. Exactly, or- right? Have you guys seen the movie? So and this true. is like breaking it down because this concept, um, as I have uh, done therapy, and it is a skill that I have that I have really used, that I'm trying to teach my kids. Because man, all these things I've learned, and the, all the therapy I've gone through, and all, I just wanted my kids to understand and have these lessons. And they're actually, it's a Disney movie. What? Inside Shocking. Out. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. 
that movie and how the emotions have identities and the different jobs that the emotions play. Like if this is something yep. you're dealing with, watch the movie. Because honestly, that that well, movie it's a visual illustration became of what we're such about. a conversation yes. with me and one of my children who was feeling a lot of feelings mm-hmm. and needed to be able to name and address and feel and and process. And it it sounds like something so dumb, right? Like it's it's just a movie, but it it really helped. And even as an adult, I mean, I don't know that I that I learned this as a child. It helps me to think of that emotion. It's it's not something to be and afraid of. And a lot of, I think, the emotion, fury, anger, all those things, impatience is one that's big for me. When I'm very impatient, I have to take a step back and be like, hey, what's really going on here? Yeah. And it comes out in me in impatience. And to be able to recognize that for what it is, figure out where it's coming from, give it its moment, its persona, and and move on. It just makes it a much more manageable um, practice for me when I can visually look at and see, yeah. you know, what that, what's well, and going even on. thanking it, like saying, thank you, because I recognize that you're trying to protect me from my pain, but you know what? I'm going to be okay. I can feel this pain. Yeah. I can experience the pain or I can experience the sorrow. And I appreciate you for being here and for trying to help me. And I'm also willing point. to exhale yeah. you away yeah. right yeah. in this moment. It's a so, very different perspective. Yeah. A very helpful way of thinking through that well you know to kind of bring this full circle um just last year maybe i don't remember 2017 maybe or 2018 i don't even remember anymore one of those years one of those years you know we had we'd lost our kids i'd had the stroke we'd relocated back to hawaii and there was just a lot of big things that were still it just felt like every 18 months to two years there was a really big thing right? That really shook the foundation of all things. And, um, I was at target. I was shopping for my son's birthday and, um, I get a phone call and he had been crossing the street, heading home from a friend's house. And he had been struck by, um, a distracted driver and he was headed in the ambulance to the trauma center on the island and of course I dropped everything and raced there and met the ambulance and he was in intensive care on life support in an induced coma for um for quite a while he was in the hospital all in all for an entire month had to undergo quite major facial reconstruction and has a traumatic brain injury and there's his recovery is ongoing to even at this time and it's interesting because just before that point, truly within weeks, I had just had this thought like things are settling down. Oh, right? I've made it Isn't through. That funny? Right? That yes. like that like exhale, totally like, happens. you know what? It's like I feel as though my life is finally sort of reaching this this pace and this equilibrium. We're leveling out. Right? Yeah. And then here comes this action. LOL, 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 LOL. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, come on. To put it lightly. Right? Right. But anyway, the point in me sharing that, and he is doing great now, and he has learned and grown so much, as has our entire family. I was going to say, it's had an effect on family. Yeah, it certainly has. It certainly has. And would I ever wish for it to happen to anyone ever? No, absolutely not. And... The evidence there is the dust never settles. And so if you're sitting there waiting for things to settle down in order to start showing up in your life from a more authentic place, or if you're waiting for things to, to be different before you, you reach for that dream or before you mend that relationship or before yeah. you, you, know, you make that big pivot in your life or whatever the thing is, right? If you, even if you're saying, you know, as soon as I lose the weight, then I'm going to, it's, right? it's the if then we mentality. Always have, there's yeah. always a thing, right? But let me tell you this, guys. 
as wherever you go, there you are, first of all. So even if you lose the weight, even if you, whatever it is, you're still internally, all the things are still the same. The landscape is still the same. And even once you've paid off all the debt or your son is no longer undergoing chemotherapy or you've gotten through the first two years of grief, there will always be new things. Mm -hmm. And I pray to God that they aren't the kinds of things that I've gone through or that others have gone through, the the big, huge, like life-altering tragedies and traumas. But even if they are or aren't, there will constantly be new things to derail us. And so if we are waiting to live if we are waiting for all of those things to settle down and slow down in order for us to finally show up fully and completely, yeah. we could legitimately be waiting forever. Well, you will and be waiting forever. Yes, and we may never become who it is that we have the capacity to become. We may never honor that light that I talked about earlier within us. And what a tragedy that is. Because that light is not just mine and it is not just yours. It lives within each and every one of us for each and every one of us to yes. then increase that light and to bless others and to show up for those gifts and talents that are inherently our own so that we can enrich the lives of everyone around us. Which is part of our purpose. Oh, it One is. Of our, it, absolutely it is the purpose. Our purpose. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to mention is, you know, Natalie has had some extreme extreme trials I have gone through some gnarly stuff everybody's gone through stuff but I also just want to take a moment and honor that there are times in my life when I was dealing with um postpartum depression I have I've had that more than once with my with pregnancies where that where nothing catastrophic had happened to my family or there are moments in life that feel that feel so catastrophic and I remember feeling shameful that I was so dark hmm. for absolutely no reason. Mm. And I was ashamed. And I didn't want people to know because I felt like there are people like, suffering. who do I think I am? Exactly. There, right, yeah. there are people dealing with real things. And I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread. And I am so blessed. And I was just ashamed yeah. of of letting myself sit in that but sit suffering in that is depra- suffering. And, and, exactly suffering. and, and that was my point is it's yeah. like that's it's not a thing. it's not like a su- like a suffering contest right like we all have these have these moments and however we f- we experience that that moment of suffering and pain is it doesn't have to be related to because I'll no. tell you like that some of that felt worse than cancer. You know, some of that felt worse than some of these let other things. Let me speak things. to that for just a minute because I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about that the other day. She, um, her, her child at 18 months um, died in a, in a household drowning accident. Mm-hmm. And that's how she and I connected. And she's now one of my very dearest friends. Um, we just connected through our grief and really supported each other through that. And we were talking the other day about um, financial trauma that we'd both been through during different periods of our lives and just how all-encompassing that had been. And how, yes, obviously we would prefer that to losing our child, but the, the, the way that it affected our lives and our stress level and our pain and our ability to show up completely in the world was just, it was just as debilitating in different mm-hmm. ways and just as painful in different ways. And um, the second thing that I'd like to, to say about, about that whole concept of suffering and not needing it to be hierarchical, mm-hmm. right? Um, Viktor Frankl, who was... Um, 
a, a psychotherapist, and he was also Jewish and was in um, Auschwitz for a time and another concentration camp during World War II. Um, he talks about suffering in a context that perhaps none of us can speak to because the horrors that he experienced and witnessed are absolutely, absolutely unspeakable. Yeah. And I would recommend, if you have not, to read his book, Mount Search for Meaning. It is probably one of the most profound um, books that I've ever read and has certainly had one of the most profound impacts on my life of any book that I have read. Um, but he talks about suffering and compares it to a gas. And he says, you know, if you if you take a gas and you hold it in a very small container, it will expand to fill the immensity of the space that's available to it. Hmm. If you take that same gas and put it into a vast room that is, you know, however big, of course I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> he's much more eloquent than this, <laughs> but you put that same, you know, small amount of gas in a very large space, it will expand to fill the immensity of the space available to it and so our suffering suffering is suffering and I, I don't want anyone ever to look at the suffering of others and then allow that suffering to negate their own now at the same time we do need to keep things in perspective but we also are allowed to feel what we feel mm-hmm. and be changed by what we experience and show up for whatever is in front of us and that's when that idea of mindfulness comes back Right, Rather than looking out and trying to classify or quantify our grief and pain in proportion to others, if we're looking at what's right in front of us, what do I actually need to do and who do I need to become in this moment in order to overcome this or in order to approach it in a healthier way, right? Because ultimately, the only life I have control over on any level is my own. And yeah. as unfortunate as it is for, for others to, to see people suffer and to see their hardship, there's legitimately, I can support them and I can love them, but I cannot really truly do anything to affect the circumstances of their life, right? Mm-hmm. They have to do that work. And my job is to work on my own garden, to mm-hmm. stay in my lane, to do the work that I can do that can make me the very best version of myself so that I am better capable then to show up in others' lives and shine light and, and lead the way through the darkness. And, and perhaps that is the most profound lesson of all that I've learned through all of these things is that um, now that I've walked through the darkness, my greatest responsibility is to turn around and shine the light for those who are still feeling their way along, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of that Ram Das quote, we're all just walking each other home. And I believe mm-hmm. that deeply and um, profoundly. Too. And the, the more we work to be healthy and well and whole in our own lives, the more we give others permission to do the same the harder we work to become all that we are meant to become, Mm -hmm. the more others have the potential to look at us and say, wow, I could become healthy too. I could overcome these insecurities or I could have faith in a divine power or I could perhaps little by little, one breath at a time, walk through this rubble that is my life and learn to stand on top of it rather than laying down in submission and tapping out, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And so we owe it to each other. We're in it together. And ultimately, that's what it is all about. Agreed. Holy. I feel like we need to mic drop and peace out. Because <laughs> that was awesome. And raise your hand if you think this is an episode that someone's probably going to listen to on repeat. Just I will actually absorb. myself listen no, to it on repeat. really, though. Like... Yeah, really, really like we really need to internalize a lot of this for ourselves and really feel this message. And it's not about Natalie and it's not about the words and it's not about your phenomenal ability to articulate it all. It's something that we 
we innately know already and just it's needed a to be reminded. It is it's a that rediscovery we all need to mm-hmm. have of A, the light that is innately, truthfully, within, already there, discovering that, and then using that knowledge. Well, it's like we spoke about at the very, very beginning, how it's um, finding finding people around us who are principle-centered and who are really working um, in ways that are values-based. And yeah. the reason that people resonate with these kinds of conversations and the reason that they light them up is because they are resonating with the principles, not the people, That's right. not the delivery mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the principle that the we light, the light. It's like that light and truth inside of each of us, however deeply buried or undiscovered, calls to that light and truth right like energies attract and the more light you have the more it's just attracted it's true to gain more right it feeds it feeds each other it feeds ourselves so if you're listening and you're thinking i want more of natalie's light let's go full (laughs) circle which you do which you do i where where is the best place for people to connect with you? Okay, well, Instagram is always a really great place for us to connect, and that's at Natalie Norton, just my name. Um, I do have a website, letsshowup.com, um, that will direct you to the podcast. The podcast link is also in my Instagram profile, and those are really right now the best places for us to connect. So and you should, oh, thank and you. you guys should. Thank you, for sure. Natalie, thank you for being you. you guys. Thank you for amazing and me. wonderful. You guys are being a light giver. I feel like I need to come up with a better term, but that is just the like the the thing in my heart is I'm just so in awe of like the magnitude of light Mm -hmm. that is on the earth that is all around us. And I'm hoping that this podcast is helping to magnify that light to change the dialogue of like it is there. Everyone everywhere lighthouse for someone. That is everyone is absolutely true. And in all of our efforts to cultivate a good life, which is what we're really all trying to do, I think we can also wrap up with what is on Natalie's sweatshirt and say, <laughs> be a good human. Be a good <laughs> human. Be a good human. When in doubt, Just be do a good that. human. And know that you're needed. Your contribution is needed. Like, yep. that's, my, that's the thing that's in the hardest way. for me about doing the work that I do. I don't want anyone ever to look at it and think, oh, I can't do it that way, so I mustn't. It's right. not about that. It's about whatever is in you, burning in you. Let that creative light shine forward because we need it. Yes. Right? We There's need only it. one you, and I firmly believe that there is jobs on earth. There are people that only I can touch. There's people that only you can touch. We have things inside of us, and, and this what we're talking about, is the, this light and love is eternal truth. It just is. And your light is unique to you, and we need your. We, we don't shine. just need light; we need your light. Yes. You know, I know that we're done. I know. Oh, I know. Natalie. I'm just going to wrap it up. We're with, all going to have three more PSAs. No, no, no. This is the final PS. I'll put my hands over your mouths if I have. To. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but just the end of that—not the end, but a part of that story that I shared earlier um, about me standing up and realizing, oh my gosh, I've got to set my son down, and then me feeling that sense of myself that that extended beyond that that moment in space and time that I was currently living in. What happened next was um, this girl walked into the room. She was um, a nurse, and she was young. And I don't remember her name. I don't remember what she looked like. I remember her eyes were very blue, and I remember that her eyes were brimming with tears. And I'm just looking around. Like, you could see, I'm sure, the, the horror on my face of not knowing how I could possibly take the next step in this moment. And she walked up to me, and she looked me in the eyes, and she said, 
Would you like me to rock him for you? I'll rock him for you. And I was able to, instead of just laying my little boy down on a hospital bed, I was able to hand him to a stranger. I was able to put him in her arms. And yeah, that's not her showing up on a stage and inspiring a gazillion people. And that's, that's not her. But in that moment, she was the only one who had what I needed. She had what I needed in terms of empathy, in terms of love, in terms of courage. Can you imagine mm. in that moment having the courage to walk up to a grieving mother that you've never met in one of the most intimate moments of her entire life and making that kind of a, an offering? So I will never forget my last image of my little boy was me walking out of a hospital room while this young woman, probably 22 or 23, rocked him in a rocking chair in an empty hospital room and hummed him a song. And she just gazed at him with so much love. She showed up for me in that moment with all of her light. And it changed my life. It changed my entire life. And that is what ultimately the entire message here is. We show up for one another with courage because we are answering a call that is greater than the sum of our parts. Because the greatest part of who we are, the definitive part of who we are, is the light within. And I just promise every single one of us listening and, and myself and, and both of my Beckys, <laughs> my Cinderella Becky and my OG Becky, <laughs> that as we do this, um, we amplify one another. We amplify one another in terms of mission and in terms of message and in terms of light. Mm-hmm. And thank you for having me. Whoa, whoa. There is nothing more to say. Really? We love you, Natalie. And I love you back. We love you, listeners. You go out there and be a good human and stand on your story. That's right. Hey, Beck, we got to get recording, and we also have a four-hour drive. <laughs> I'm totally Should sorry. I just slap her right now? You know, I'm being extra snarky Everyone today. vote. I'm totally Everyone sarcastic. Vote. Should I slap sorry. Becky Proudfit oh, for kicks? For, don't hit me. I love you so I much. I would never. I wouldn't even know how. I don't. Literally, I don't know how to slap a girl. Have you ever punched anybody? No. That's actually one of my regrets, is I've never punched anybody. <laughs> No, I'm being serious. Natalie was wondering if you wanted to punch her tonight. No, I'm being totally serious. You regret not punching somebody in the face? What is your problem? No, that's one of those things that, like, I'm clearly past a time in my life where that would be an acceptable thing to do in the past. Never appropriate. I understand, but there's a time in youth where it probably would have went okay. No, it wasn't. No, it never was. Not okay, like, spiritually. Like, okay, like, I won't get arrested. No. I'm not going to punch anybody, but I wish that I knew what that felt like. I can't believe that this is a regret in your life. Have you guys ever had those I'm struggling things where with you're like, right I now. recognize it's a bad thing, but I just want to know what it feels like to punch somebody? Oh. No. No. No, Beth, just that? you. Just you. You guys, seriously, oh. now I feel no, like no, a total no. idiot. <laughs> or when I'm unloading dishes, I'm not angry. I'm like, I really want to throw this against the wall just to like experience that. <laughs> yeah, but then I, I think my kids are going to think I'm angry. In, like, or environment and do all that. Newsflash, you can do that at home while they're at school. Workshop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
No, I need to go to some place where I don't have to clean it up. Becky, yeah. we need to get recording. I'm ready. Ready? I'm totally ready. <laughs>